If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. We went from normal life, healthy child to acute lymphoblastic leukemia or B-cell, ALL. The St. Jude team came up to get CJ via ambulance. Shortly after that, I noticed a rainbow. It meant that there was hope. We were driving into hope. To have hope is to have your child healthy, and we have that because of St. Jude. You can help kids fight childhood cancer. Please become a St. Jude Partner in Hope today by visiting musicgives.org. Good sleep should come naturally, and with the new Natural Hybrid mattress, it can. A collaboration between Lisa and West Elm, the Natural Hybrid is expertly crafted from natural latex, natural wool, and certified safe foams to elevate your sleep sanctuary and support a greener tomorrow. Plus, every purchase helps fuel Lisa's work with shelters and those in need. Don't put off a good night's sleep any longer. Get a Lisa mattress today for a sound sleep tonight. Visit lisa.com slash iHeart. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com slash When I was in my 20s, I moved to New York City on a whim. I didn't have much money and I was more or less squatting in an empty apartment. I slept on an air mattress on a tile floor and I barely knew anyone. On the way to my third day of a brand new job, I got sick on the subway platform. A stranger rubbed my back and held my hair. Do you think you might be pregnant, honey? She asked in a hushed tone. A few days later, I took the subway to a clinic. I didn't tell anybody, and I went alone. On the cab ride back to my apartment, I was feeling really weak and could barely move. The driver double-parked and helped me make it up the four flights of stairs to my apartment. He helped me inside. I crawled into bed with all my clothes on and cried and cried for what seemed like hours. I've never felt more ashamed or alone. But I wasn't alone. You're listening to Afropunk Solution Sessions. I'm your host, Bridget Todd. And I'm your co-host, Eve Jeffcoat. Afropunk is a safe place, a blank space to freak out in, to construct a new reality, to live our lives as we see fit while making sense of the world around us. Here at Afropunk, we have the conversations that matter to us, conversations that lead to solutions. On today's episode, we're talking about what reproductive justice looks like for us. The right to have a baby. The right to raise that baby in a safe community. The right to not have a baby if you don't want to. The right to access information about your own body and health to make informed choices. The right to not have anything done to your body without your consent. And when you're a star, they let you do it. You can do anything. Whatever you want grab them by the pussy. We talk a lot about reproductive rights, but too often, those conversations center white, middle-class women. Here's activist and writer Michaela Angela Davis at Afropunk Solution Sessions in Atlanta. I have a whole different relationship to Planned Parenthood as, right? Like, it was Cecile, and it was pink hats. Why my pussy? 
that represented an organization that most of us needed. So that trying to kind of close that fissure of the separation of these big national movements and us, and like what I said at the Women's March for Black Women, like all this hair can't get up under pink pussy hats, right? So, and also th these are symbols that black women don't resonate with. I don't resonate no. with a pussy hat. No. I don't resonate with a slut walk, no. right? So part of that also kind of excludes us just by the symbolism. Like we wear like black berets and leather jackets and shit when we having a, you know, a revolution. Like we're gonna become fly. While working at Planned Parenthood, I saw the ways that folks at the margins have not always been included, affirmed, and centered in conversations around feminism, particularly when it comes to reproductive rights. White cis women are not the only women who should be involved in conversations around sexual health. And too often, our Black, trans, queer, and non-binary people are left out of the conversation entirely. And this is a problem. We live in a country where one in three trans people and 48% of trans men have delayed or avoided preventative health care, like pelvic exams or STI screenings, out of fear of discrimination or disrespect. Folks at the margins are disproportionately impacted by sexual and reproductive health disparities. And when it comes to reproductive health care for LGBTQ folks, the word care can be kind of a misnomer. Participating in the American healthcare system can mean going to bat with anti-blackness, anti-queerness, miseducation, and just straight-up ignorance. Good care, care that recognizes and respects the needs of black, gender nonconforming, intersex, and trans people, isn't always affordable or accessible, if it's even an option at all. While accepting an award on behalf of Martin Luther King in 1966, Coretta Scott King said that black communities have no mere academic nor ordinary interest in family planning. They have a special and urgent concern. She was right, which is why centering Black communities in conversations about reproductive health is so important, and something that Monica Simpson talked about at Atlanta Afropunk Solution Sessions. Black women are dying at a rate four times higher than white women in childbirth. That means in terms of us like being able to like give birth to children, bringing more children into this world, we are dying at a rate four times higher than white women in childbirth in the South. In some cities like New York, the statistics are worse where black women are dying at a rate 12 times higher than white women in childbirth. Black women are only making 64 cents on a dollar to take care of themselves, their families. Black women are being criminalized for pregnancy. They're being criminalized for standing up against domestic violence. Black women are dealing with a broken immigration system that's tearing apart our families, that's making it difficult for us to be able to build the types of family structures that we want in this country and that we deserve. When Black women organizers realized their concerns were being ignored by the abortion rights movement, they created the concept of reproductive justice. Black women created reproductive justice. Because we understood that our lives are inextricably linked from the very real issues that we all face. So these women are we're standing, standing on our ancestors, their shoulders. Our ancestors that were stolen from our land and brought here. Our ancestors that learned how to pack themselves with herbs to rid their bodies of the slave master's child. Our ancestors whose bodies were used coercively and whose bodies were used and violated and so as we have these conversations, as we are all working tirelessly in this movement towards black liberation, we can't do that and forget our wounds. We can't do that and forget about the future generations that will come through them. 
We cannot forget about the fact that our sexual identities, our sexual orientations, our gender, all of that needs to be centered and not moved to the margins. Monica Simpson is the current executive director of Sister Song in Atlanta, a collective that works to improve institutional policies and systems that impact the reproductive lives of marginalized communities in the South. At Afropunk Solution Sessions in Atlanta, Monica explained that reproductive justice is as much about what's happening inside our wombs as what's going on outside of them. If you have a child, it should be your right to raise that child in an environment free from police violence, environmental injustice, and economic injustice. Reproductive justice is that connecting factor. In a world where white supremacy tells us that we were not meant to survive. In a world where white supremacy tells us that we don't deserve a future. Reproductive justice's answer to that is yes, we do. And black women will continue to lead that work in connection with our other sisters to make sure that we see the other side. If you live in a community where you can't raise a child without fearing that she'll be killed by police or gun violence, then you aren't truly able to exercise reproductive freedom, which is why police violence is a reproductive justice issue. I hold on to my own womb and I think about what does it mean to give birth to a black baby in this world today? What does it mean for that black baby to come through this southern queer black body that's now over the age of 35 and so I'm considered geriatric? What does it mean when I think about and I see the faces of my nephews, Andrew and Luke and DeMonte, and think about them growing up as little black boys in this country? I think about Trayvon Martin's mom. I think about... Mike Brown's mother. I think about Jordan Davis's mother. I think about Ayanna Stanley's family. I want all of you to know Sandy was more than a hashtag. Come on. That's what I want everybody to know. Sandra Bland was more than a hashtag. And we will continue fighting for justice for her. I even wonder sometime if Sandra Bland was still with us today, would she want to have children or not? We'll have more solution sessions after this quick break. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. We went from normal life, healthy child to acute lymphoblastic leukemia or B-cell ALL. The St. Jude team came up to get CJ via ambulance. Shortly after that, I noticed a rainbow. It meant that there was hope. We were driving into hope. To have hope is to have your child healthy. And we have that because of St. Jude. You can help kids fight childhood cancer. Please become a St. Jude Partner in Hope today by visiting musicgives.org. Good sleep should come naturally, and with the new Natural Hybrid Mattress, it can. A collaboration between award-winning mattress brand Lisa and home design favorite West Elm, the Natural Hybrid is the culmination of these two companies' shared values. Premium materials, meticulous craftsmanship, and sustainable practices. Made with natural latex, responsibly sourced natural wool, and environmentally safe foams, the Natural Hybrid elevates your sleep sanctuary. Indul- 
indulges your senses and supports a greener tomorrow. Plus, when you purchase the natural hybrid, you're also helping fuel Lisa's work with shelters and those in need. Since 2015, Lisa has donated more than 40,000 mattresses to ensure children and families have a safe place to sleep. Don't put off a good night's sleep any longer. Get a Lisa mattress today for a sound sleep tonight. Visit lisa.com slash iHeart. That's L-E-E-S-A dot com slash iHeart. When it comes to abortion, black women are specifically shamed for our choices. If we terminate a pregnancy, we're shamed. If we bring a child into the world before we're able to support her, we're labeled welfare queens. We can't win. In 2010, right here in Atlanta, there were billboards that went up in this community that said the most dangerous place for an African-American child is in the mother's womb. This billboard campaign stretched all across the country, shaming black women for their reproductive decision-making. Shaming us, saying that we were committing genocide on our own communities because we were deciding not to have children or to end our pregnancies. When this billboard hit, black women doing reproductive justice work gathered together and said that it was time for a united response. That we would not sit silent to any attack against our reproductive freedom, any attack against our lives. We aren't just shamed from our own communities, but from public policy and laws as well. Just look at the recent attacks on reproductive health, both here and abroad. On his first day in office, Trump reinstated the global gag rule, meaning global health workers overseas cannot talk about abortion or offer abortion-related information, referrals, or services if they receive federal funding. Make no mistake, black and brown women and girls will die because of this rule. And here in the United States, where legislation like Trump's push to roll back birth control coverage and the push for 20-week abortion bans keep black women from being in control of our own bodies. These attacks on our reproductive health aren't just political. They're attacks on our agency. At Afropunk Solution Sessions in Atlanta, Planned Parenthood Director of Public Engagement, Alencia Johnson, called this out. I tell people all the time that this fight around agency, especially for black women, for me, and I can say this as I'm black, they don't want us having babies anymore because we're not free labor. Right? Like, I'm not giving birth to free labor anymore, so what's the point of you having, me having agency over my body to give birth to a child that I want to live in a functioning society where they're safe and they don't die when they're young, right? I think with the 20-week abortion ban, it is so stigmatizing and criminalizing for women, particularly women of color, particularly low-income women, because I want to contextualize it a little bit. Majority of women who seek an abortion after 20 weeks, it is because of the life of the mother or the child or both is in danger. Or, and then what is happening, back to Dorian's question of what's happening in the States, well, they have these like waiting periods for folks if they go and they say they want to have an abortion. So you might have a 48-hour, 72-hour waiting period. Well, if you are a low-income woman or if you have multiple kids and you don't have childcare, you don't have a job where you can take off multiple days, or you don't have a car or the, the money or the resources to drive 100 miles, you can't go somewhere and then go home and then take more days off. But guess what happens then? you're continuing to delay a pregnancy. So while you have decided, you made this decision about your body, maybe like 10 weeks in, because of all these laws, these restrictive laws, you're past 20 weeks, right? And so they've created, and they being this opposition, this very white-led conservative 
movement who I don't think are Christians. My daddy's a pastor and supports women's agency. They've co-opted Jesus. They are over here, they have. They are over here telling women that we cannot make the best decisions for our lives and that for some reason there's something wrong with us for making a very difficult decision. When you've gotten to 20 weeks, that is a very difficult decision. I have friends that that's actually happened to. And so I think the pushback on these attacks you have the people in D.C., the, the, the political folks, the advocacy folks who are doing their work. But I need black women especially to come forward and tell stories. Gabby Say and I used to work at Planned Parenthood together. Her work involves talking to black women about shame to help destigmatize conversations around abortion, sexuality, and reproductive health. Growing up in the church, in a very conservative church, we weren't allowed to wear makeup. We were told wearing makeup wasn't what you did, right? And so I didn't wear makeup until I was about 24, 25 years old. I, first, I didn't know how, and I still don't know how. But second, it was something that I was taught. I had big lips. They say, you have big lips. You don't need to emphasize your big lips anymore. I was born with hips and a big old fat ass, and it just has been here my entire life. And I was taught that you need to cover it up, right? I didn't wear short skirts. I didn't wear things that hung to my hips because I was taught very early on that I should be ashamed of my body. So in thinking about stigma and shame, it'd be great for you all just to tell us a short story about shame and how it showed up in your life and how you overcome it. Um, and, and advice that you give other young people, young women in particular, about overcoming the stigmas that hold us down. Here's Jessica Bird at Atlanta Afropunk Solution Sessions. My aunt told me at a very young age that I was frisky, right? And it messed me up for a very long time because I felt so much shame as soon as she was like, because I was out there in my glory, honey. I used to love to, you know, walk in my dresses and I would be all in front of everybody. I just love to be a bit of an exhibitionist. And she's like, but you're frisky. And so I, would, I, I held on to that and it made me really, really like just shrink inside of myself. Like I cannot stand and walk in my fullness. And I carried that with me through my adolescence where I started having sex at a very young age, right? I, again, I grew up in this small rural town and there's not a lot to do, but we figured out you could do it very easily, you know, in the South. So I did, you know, and my other friends were doing it and we were having lots of sex, but nobody was helping to educate us on like what that meant. And so we felt like we had to keep this really silent. And then when someone ended up pregnant, then they were shamed for it. But I'm like, but you all are not even providing a space for us to talk about what our bodies are doing and like all these things that's running through us. I wanna have sex, I think anyway, I don't know, right? But those conversations um, became very shaming um, because nobody wanted to have the conversation about sex. It's not just our sexualities or lips or booties that make us feel shame. Sometimes it's what's happening inside our bodies, too. So how many people know what fibroids are? That's Tanika Gray-Valbrun, and she's talking about her experiences with benign growths on her uterus called fibroids. She had 27 fibroids removed from her uterus. One in every five women has fibroids. 26 million women between the ages of 15 and 50 will have them. They're incredibly common in Black bodies, yet they're not really talked about. Tanika says she's never worn a white dress in her life because she constantly worries about the hemorrhaging that her condition causes. She started the White Dress Project so women with fibroids wouldn't have to suffer in silence. But for Tanika, her story really begins with her mom. She was born um, in St. Elizabeth, Jamaica, to a teacher named Ina and a mechanic named Alvin. 
And growing up on the land in Jamaica, growing up on the farm, we had many, many health discussions in our family. Um, I can give you remedies and concoctions of mint tea and ginger tea and Cersei tea and molasses. Yes, yes. Anything that you need um, to be cured from headaches to ankle sprains. I seriously have it, me, my grandmother, um, because that's the type of family we were raised in. Pharmaceuticals weren't always available to us, so it was important to figure out how to live off the land and to basically cure ourselves naturally. Um, So when my mother started to share her thoughts on fibroids and her journey with fibroids with me, um, it was very devastating to me. At age 25, my mom lost her first set of twins due to fibroids. And for those of you who might not understand that, because fibroids grow in the same area um, that a baby grows, basically it's fibroids or the baby. And in my mom's situation, the fibroids suffocated the baby. So she lost her first set of twins. And then she got pregnant with me. And I was an only child, and I made it, and I'm still an only child. So she got excited and got pregnant again and lost a set of twins after me. And through that, I learned that there is so much power in the patient's story. You don't have to be experiencing fibroids, but you can have another ailment that we're not talking about as women. I don't know about the women in the audience, but I know that I was taught to be classy, sophisticated, you don't talk about issues below the belt, you're a woman, you have your period, you bleed, get over it. But I realized that there is no way that you can be hemorrhaging the way that fibroids causes you to hemorrhage, that you can have the pelvic pressure and pain that you do, and you not speak up for yourself. If you are silent about your pain, they'll kill you and say you enjoyed it. Zora Neale Hurston once wrote, As black women, we've been taught to be silent about our pain, a phenomenon not lost on one Solution Sessions panelist. You know, you grow up in a home as a female and and you are taught to be demure and respectful and subservient. You know, I grew up in a home where I, I got my period and the only conversation that happened was, don't let a boy touch you. That doesn't really take you very far. And it starts at home, right? It starts with you being able to have a good sense of who you are as a woman and, uh, and be able to appreciate and, and really uplift yourself and, the, and your body. And so if we don't start having these types of conversations to normalize what it is that our body is naturally doing, this is part of like the stigma that's associated with why you're told not to wear white, why you're told um, you know, you don't want anyone to see you while you're told not to talk about having your period. For the men in the room, we have periods. Did y'all know that? It's a thing. It's a bodily function. It's a human function. And so it's okay to talk about it. Black women are supposed to be strong. Just look at the black women we see on TV. Society tells us that we're expected to shoulder not just our burdens, but the burdens of everyone else as well. Black woman, I just have two things I want to say about last night's election. You're welcome. (laughs) While all of America was on the edge of their seats waiting to see if an accused pedophile would get into the United States Senate, 98% of black women in Alabama voted for the other guy. Because, as my dad says, black women laugh and joke, but we don't play. saved us last night weren't just regular black women. They were black women in Alabama. 
do you know what they have to go through every day? Those women woke up yesterday and were like, I got to deal with systemic racism, the gender pay gap, the school to prison pipeline, humidity. And now y'all want me to save America? There will be more solution sessions after this quick break. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. We went from normal life, healthy child to acute lymphoblastic leukemia or B-cell ALL. The St. Jude team came up to get CJ via ambulance. Shortly after that, I noticed a rainbow. It meant that there was hope. We were driving into hope. To have hope is to have your child healthy. And we have that because of St. Jude. You can help kids fight childhood cancer. Please become a St. Jude Partner in Hope today by visiting musicgives.org. Tired of restless nights? Meet Lisa, the sleep experts. <sighs> Here at Lisa, we know that good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health. That's why their mattresses are made for exceptional comfort and support, catering to every sleep need. Check out Lisa's Sapira Hybrid Mattress, named best hybrid mattress five years running. Sleep hot? The Chill Collection is built with cool-to-the-touch top fabric and layers of high-density comfort foams, all intended to remove excess body heat while maximizing comfort. With Lisa, getting a new mattress has never been easier. Delivery is free, and you have 100 nights to try out your mattress in the comfort of your home. Don't spend another night dreaming of better sleep. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com forward slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. That's l-e-e-s-a.com forward slash iHeart. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details. Doctors don't even take our pain as seriously as they do our white counterparts. But black women do feel pain. And masking up as what clinical psychologist Jazz Keys calls Black superwomen is killing us. You know her because you've seen her so many times. She's bold, fierce, an unflinching, seemingly invincible black lady. But you got me twisted, OG. I'm always going to eat. In media, you can see the idea that the black woman being the superwoman. The caricature isn't only used to shape fictional personalities in pop culture. It's also a standard to which society holds all African-American women. And it is that mindset that is passed down to African-American girls and women from generation to generation. But there's a problem. I don't think it's very sustainable at all. And if it is sustainable, if a person survives living this way, we would need to take a really good look at their health. A new study finds African-American patients are often treated differently when it comes to medicine and care. The survey of more than 500 people, 400 of them medical students, found implicit bias exists that may help explain why black people are sometimes undertreated for pain. Among its findings, medical students believed that African-Americans felt less pain than white patients and even thought their skin was thicker. Dorothy Roberts, is this a, a medical problem or a sociological problem? It's both. I think what's really important and fascinating about this study is that it, for the first time, links what we've long known as undertreatment of pain for black patients with doctors' 
or at least medical students, false beliefs about biological differences based on race. race. I think you see it everywhere. I think you see it when you look at the kinds of Black women that become pop culture figures. Think about women who seem very strong and together, who don't seem to show cracks. You know, there's this writer, Tiffany Dufu, who talks about the first time that her daughter saw her cry and that she said, Mom, I didn't think that you felt things like that. I didn't think that you cried. And how shocking that was for her, that she had created an environment where her daughter, who was also a young Black woman, thought that her own mother didn't experience normal emotions because that's just the environment that she established in her household. I think we do carry a lot of burdens, and we do so silently because, you know, when you're a Black woman, there is so much of a burden to have it all together, be polished and perfect, lest somebody think that you're not a good representative of your of your race and gender. We deal with so much misogynoir, and I think that's a function of of why we feel the need to pretend to be so strong all the time. Right. Not only is it it's something that's been stigmatized in Black women, it's something that has been forced upon us by uh, the healthcare system. So I remember there was this time when I had a panic attack one night when I was in college and I couldn't breathe. So I was just like, you know, I don't know if this is a this is connected to the panic attack or not, but I really feel like I can't breathe right now. You know, was really, really freaking out. And so I had to be rushed to the ER. And I got to the ER, and after waiting in the ER, we know how slowly they move and how inefficient they can be. After waiting in the ER for hours and having an IV in my arm and not being able to be in the room, I finally got to the doctor. And in our three-minute, five-minute conversation, the conclusion that he came to was that I had anxiety. And that was without doing any sort of testing without putting out any other sort of suggestions for what could be wrong with me before the conclusion was that I had anxiety because of things that were going on in my life, you know, that that just really manifested in physical properties. And after going to other doctors, of course, where I landed was going to a black woman doctor who diagnosed me with an actual condition, which was like inflammation of my esophagus. So it wasn't anxiety at all? It wasn't anxiety at all. I mean, part of me feels it sucks that you did not get the proper diagnosis. Part of me is surprised you got a diagnosis at all. I, I've seen that situation play out where it's it's in your head, go home, stop Googling things, you're fine. And the thing about it is it's a form of gaslighting. And for me, I was like, well, maybe this is anxiety because there is shit going on in my life that could possibly manifest in something like a panic attack. It was a conflation of the two even though I actually did have a panic attack and maybe those sort of things can manifest in something like a panic attack, that doesn't mean that I wasn't actually going through a different condition. Yeah, you know, we see these stories time and time again, particularly for folks who are marginalized who just have the medical care industry take our pain and our issues seriously because they really don't. And that just goes to show the importance of what folks like Alencia and Michaela say, that we need to learn how to advocate for each other and ourselves because a lot of times the, the medical community is not here for us and we need to take our health into our own hands. At Atlanta Afropunk Solution Sessions, Michaela Angela Davis spoke to this need for Black women to suffer in silence. Black women will suffer and hold on to pain and, and thug through when we're bleeding for a month. If y'all can relate to that, just click your fingers, say amen. But that, I mean, I think that's something that um, we've also been taught that we, we are supposed to hold burden and that we are supposed to contain pain and that we, and this is a trope that has been taught to everyone that black women can just take it. 
And so the fact that you're coming into ER with fibroids because you've been bleeding for, like, that's, that's a problem. So what do we do? How do we get to a place where we can talk about our bodies without that isolating stigma and shame? Michaela says that one way is to find strength in the power of sisterhood and centering Black women. Well, this is part of it, right? Like, making sure that we stay in sisterhood no, no matter where we are, whether it's at a festival, whether it's at our, you know, kitchen tables. But for me, me personally, this whole resistance movement for me has become, I'm resisting doing white folks' work, right? And really focusing in on us, right? And, fo- and hyper-focusing on black women and how to um, not just center them, but to amplify them. And we have these tools in our hands that lets us see each other in numbers, in, in, in quality quantity. So I'm really asking all of you all who are here, use your, use your platform, use your phone, say that you are here, say that you're here with your sister, say that, that you support your sister. And I, I don't know, maybe I'm going crazy, Melissa. Like, this is really the only way that I can survive this moment is with inside of sisterhood. That to me is the antidote to patriarchy, right? That to me is the antidote to white supremacy. And it's the thing that we've been cultured to avoid. And we can use that power to make sure that we're standing up for each other's health and well-being, because we're all we got. You don't have to suffer in silence, and you're not alone. I believe that sisterhood is a superpower. So part of maybe what we can do today is commit to supporting each other into making that appointment because also we are also I think conditioned to believe that we have to do everything by ourselves and we can do things for ourselves but not by ourselves so is somebody is anybody here with a girlfriend like their homie so you turn to your girlfriend right now and make a commitment to supporting her into going to get her checkup and you all can go together we need to squat up right for everything, in particular this, because I just learned a bunch of stuff. Alencia says we can't expect Black women to be strong all the damn time. We feel pain. We get tired. We need time to heal. Let's change the narrative that says otherwise. Well, we have to also be honest that, like, it's time for everybody to stand with Black women and stop coming to us to fix everything. Somebody let us heal. And, and so we, you'll see some, some posters around here, the Stand with Black Women, uh, these shirts and posters that we have out here. It was a black woman who designed those for Planned Parenthood. And we were like, we need something that's actually black woman-centered. And guess what? We're going to get a black woman to do it. Because it's time for folks to stand with us, but also let us lead. But also, if I'm tired, let me be tired. Let me be tired. I'm stand for us while we take a nap. Nobody should get to define the boundaries and borders of our own bodies but us. When I think back to my time in that clinic, I felt so alone, but I wasn't. I was there with the legacy of all the Black women who came before me and helped make space for me to make choices about my own body. Had I decided to have a child, these same women fought for my ability to parent that child safely. We have to support each other and affirm our right to govern our own bodies and our right to make safe, healthy, and informed choices about our experiences. Because if we don't fight for each other and ourselves, no one else will. What's the solution, Bridget? Center Black and queer people in conversations about reproductive justice. What's the solution, Bridget? Don't be afraid to speak up about how you feel. 
What's the solution, Bridget? Take care of each other. What's the solution, Bridget? Fuck stigma and fuck shame. Afropunk Solution Sessions is a co-production between Afropunk and How Stuff Works. Your hosts are Bridget Todd and Eves Jeffcoat. Executive co-producers are Julie Douglas, Jocelyn Cooper, and Quan Latif-Hill. Dylan Fagan is supervising producer and Kathleen Quillian is audio engineer. Many, many thanks to Casey Pegram and Annie Reese for their production and editorial oversight. And many thanks to our on-the-ground Atlanta crew, Ben Bolin, Corey Oliver, and Noel Brown. The Underside of Power is performed by Algiers. Connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Afropunk. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. We went from normal life, healthy child to acute lymphoblastic leukemia or B-cell ALL. The St. Jude team came up to get CJ via ambulance. Shortly after that, I noticed a rainbow. It meant that there was hope. We were driving into hope. To have hope is to have your child healthy. And we have that because of St. Jude. You can help kids fight childhood cancer. Please become a St. Jude Partner in Hope today by visiting musicgives.org. Tired of restless nights? At Lisa, we know good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health. From memory foam mattresses to hybrids that keep you cool all night long, Lisa's mattresses offer exceptional comfort and support with free delivery and 100 nights to try out your mattress in the comfort of your home. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details.